podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the show that brings you untapped business ideas from successful entrepreneurs. My name is Chris Justin, and I'm here with Ethan Janney. Ethan, how's it going? I'm pretty good. Enjoying life, you know, it's good to be alive. You say that with such gusto, man. Woo! <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's not really matching that. I'm alive! <laughs> so we've got Barnaby Lashbrook here on the episode. He is the founder of Time Etc. He is also the author of The Hard Work Myth. He um, was working a ton of hours back in a, a previous company that he had been running. And then he committed to reducing his time to 35 hours per week. And he found that his business skyrocketed when he did that. Someone that we are excited to learn from, you're bringing us an idea to help set goals more effectively. This is something that I'm going to press you on because uh, it seems like these are ubiquitous goal setting apps and people, everyone has advice on how to do it. So we'll get into all of that. But first off, tell us how you came up with this idea. Uh, well, I've um, had a sort of life mission to help people achieve more for quite a few years. I wrote myself a note um, probably five years ago that was like, my mission is to help people achieve more. Um, and it's kind of what I do in my day job um, with my business time, etc. But, you know, something has bothered me over the years helping people to achieve more, which is that a lot of people set goals, but not a lot of people hit them. I mean, I've had experience with 22,000 clients of time, etc. And watched many of those often time poor entrepreneurs struggle to hit the goals that they set. But I'm also talking about like friends of mine, peers, myself. It's quite easy to set a goal, but not so easy to hit it. And it was kind of bothering me. I then sort of looked up science behind this, so their stats behind it, and I find that 92% of people don't hit the goals that they set. So it's quite a big problem, you could say, you know, that that's, that's quite significant. But then if you Google how to hit goals, there are only really a, a few things that come up time and time again for what you should do to, to hit a goal. And those things don't really seem like that complicated to me. So they're things like breaking the goal down into smaller steps, um, making sure you track your progress against the goal, keeping the goal in front of you, you know, at the front of your mind. And then a big one is building accountability for yourself around that goal. So making sure you hold yourself accountable. And what I've seen is that people don't consistently do those four things. So especially if you take that accountability piece and you think about, well, you know, how do I, as a, you know, entrepreneur working on my own, perhaps, really, truly manufacture accountability to help me stick with a goal? Well, you know, it's pretty hard to do because unless you're, say, an entrepreneur who's raised investment capital and you've got a whole bunch of investors breathing down your neck, they're going to hold you pretty accountable. But if you're not in that position, you know, what are you going to do? Ask your partner, you know, go and ask your friends. It's pretty hard to find someone that's actually genuinely going to hold you accountable to hitting that goal. When I was writing the, the book, uh, The Hard Work Myth, I, I looked at lots of very successful entrepreneurs and, you know, people that have really gone on to achieve. And I saw that 
those people really keep goals front and center. So they really do start the day with that goal in mind and orientate everything that they do each day towards that goal. So my idea is a platform where you log on, you you type in your goal. It maybe helps you to make that a specific and actionable and time-bound goal. So maybe it does a bit of AI when you're typing that goal in and, and makes some suggestions for you. It then helps you break that goal down into steps. So it maybe starts saying to you, look, what what could you do towards this goal this week? What could you do towards this goal this month? Keeps it front and center, has a very simple way of tracking your progress. And then the big thing that this does is it holds you to account. Let's let's uh, pause here because there's a lot to unpack, and I think we're we'll get into the nitty gritty of how this app could work and the system can work. But I um, I'm impressed first off because that having been said, that having been said, we, we usually don't let our guests talk for that long at the very yeah. top. <laughs> but your ideas are so kind of well laid out. It was just like okay, well, yeah, it was very well organized. Clearly, even thought about that. this. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed that the uh, one of the first things that you brought up, one of the research of uh, 92% of people that set goals don't hit it. That is a pretty good answer to my objection that I laid out before we even let you speak of why is there room for another app here? The ones that exist, I mean, the majority of people haven't found something that works for them. So finding a system that does work is, is um, obviously it would be very valuable and it would be valuable to the vast majority of people. The reason that that sort of stat sat with me and that I've remembered it is because it there was a huge moment of relief when I discovered that statistic because, you know, it's really normal not to hit goals that you set. And I think that's the opportunity. If that's the normal, then there's clearly a big market opportunity to address. Yeah, let's talk about an existing software that aims to help people achieve goals and, and to stay accountable. Accountability is the big feature of this uh, program called Stick K. Is that how we say it? Stick K? I always just said stick, but yeah, maybe they say stick K. You can, you sound like a grandpa describing an old technology. Uh, what is that app they call uh, Stick K? Yeah. Stick K. Um, no, but, but... But tell us about Stick K. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, all I can say is I did, it, I did, I did listen to a couple of other podcast episodes, um, interviewing some of the founders of that app. So, I, you know, did a little bit of research on it. I haven't actually used it myself. I've heard people talk about it a lot, and actually, it's interesting, Chris. You and I, just a couple of days ago, we had kind of a back and forth around this app, and you know, is this useful? I would say, for the most part what I've experienced is I hear people talking about it and getting excited about it. And they like to talk about how it's cool and then they use it. And then they, then I, I don't hear them using it, you know, for a long period of time, maybe it's like a one-off thing or they use it for a couple of months. And then it's just not like a long-term strategy to uh, keeping yourself accountable to things, but you know, I, maybe you should throw in um, your experience, because I know you used it at least over a longer extended period of time of, of several months, right? Yeah, I, I did. I committed to using it for, uh, I think it was nine months, and this is several years back. And someone else had held uh, the keys to the uh, the system, so to speak. So the way Stick works is 
you commit to doing something and you have a trusted person who is going to verify that you have done something, done that on a weekly basis, let's say. And if you don't do it, then your account gets charged $10, let's say. If you do do it, then the system is free for you. Uh, at least it was at that time. It was incredibly motivating to accomplish that. I think I very rarely, if ever, missed when doing it. But I think the challenge, and I think this is true for goal-setting apps in general, is the meta habit, right? The using of that tool in itself. At some point, you say to yourself, a lot of people do, I don't really feel like doing this and I'm not, I don't want to use the tool that I have to track my habits. I I've gone through plenty of them. I have one I'm using right now is called streaks on my phone. And I just, just, you know, I feel bad about looking at all these things I should be doing. Like I'll just read you some of them that I have here. Less than one finance check per day, no news during work, note distracting tasks rather than pursuing them. You know, some of these I have done, uh, but some of them I you know, read for 30 minutes. I haven't done that. I just feel like crap about it. So I don't use the app at all. Yeah. One of the things that I think comes up with a lot of this goal setting stuff is you get into this area of, of increasing stress level and increasing self-criticism. And even in some of the interviews that I heard with the founder of, of Stick K, uh, he talked about it with someone in the context of like a, a medical setting, you know, people who need to lose weight or quit smoking, get on some healthy habit. And he did keep using this phrase, you need to meet people where they're at, you know, and I think that was interesting, right? Like he said, you provide some accountability, maybe that their friends and family don't know about for a little while. And it's just within the app. And then maybe as they kind of get a little bit more comfortable, then you start allowing them to share their goals with friends and family so that they can, you know, have that support. And maybe they're feeling a little bit more open about it. As someone who coaches people, I have to say, and, and in, from my own experience, there is a sort of magical um, and not, not so magical, I guess, threshold where there's a certain personality type that's very self-critical and they, they actually thrive on that for a certain portion of their life. You know, maybe their parents told them when they were a kid that 95% wasn't good enough and they could only get a hundreds and they had the inner voice that's always telling them, you got to achieve, you got to achieve. At some point it breaks down because, you know, the, 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 the achievement of the goal if it's just based on the threat of a punishment or something like that, there's a, a there's a threat to lose momentum. Um, so anyways, I think that's a little bit meta to our discussion about like, how are we going to engineer the app? But it, it's maybe important to consider in terms of how, you know, how it can be marketed and I guess really used consistently. I think that there is a, there is a sort of really important point wrapped up in all of that, which is that, you know, it's got to make people feel good about themselves that fuels the repeat usage. Well, so I think that some habit-based apps seem to me to be designed not to make me feel good about myself if I'm not the kind of person that, you know, can be very strict with what I do every day, for example, which, Chris, I think is what you were saying about what, what the, the app that you're using. It, you know, it's designed for a certain personality type. And, um, you know, certainly I would feel the same way about that app, which is that I'd start feeling bad about myself because I hadn't had the discipline to read or, you know, do, do the other things on there. But if an app, you know, could hold you to account, break your goal down into really small steps that feel very non-threatening and could show you the progress you were making through those millions of small steps and then encourage you, 
it could potentially become really attractive as a habit forming app because it's releasing dopamine it's getting you into a place where you feel really good about yourself and that's going to be the draw to come back to it rather than the thing these other habit apps might be fighting which is you not you don't feel good when you open the app and look at it which is a really bad thing for a, an app design to to have right yeah i think that's a really insightful way of uh taking this on i haven't seen many apps that use ai or or coach you through the process of, of breaking down your goals. I've seen a lot of tracking apps and one that I've used in the past, coach.me. I am a fan of what they do, but if I'm looking at my goals on there, which I have not opened this in probably years at this point, but something like get 20 minutes of sunlight, GTD daily review, like that sounds super easy, right? Get 20 minutes of sunlight. How easy, how much easier could that be? But if I try and think through how to actually do that, it's Pittsburgh. The sun doesn't come out till 7.45 a.m. I mean, you live in England, so it's uh, you're probably a similar situation. What is the sun? 7.45 a.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm, I'm neck deep in work at that point, and I have to try and prioritize and remember to go back to this app to do things. And yeah, it's just uh, it's easier to not do it as opposed to if there was some AI that said, okay, when are you going to do that? And then I'd have to think through and like, okay, it's, you know, it's winter, but I do have some time uh, before lunch. So get 20 minutes of sunlight from 1140 till noon today. Let's get into kind of monetization or getting started a little bit. Now, this is a, a lot broader market, but this is statistic I found. Pro productivity management software market size should be worth $102 billion by 2027, according to Grandview Research Incorporated. Going back to the stick K software, let's let's like tell the story of that, how that got started and think about maybe how that influences how we got started. The fellow that, that started that software, he he collaborated with a few university professors at Yale and uh, they each put in like $75,000. So he started out with a, with a small round of funding and he did develop like maybe a 10, 10 or $20,000 worth of just a simple app so he could do a proof of concept of it. And then started to grow and hire from that, ended up raising a little bit more money. Uh, as I check on Crunchbase here, it doesn't look like he raised any more than $2.2 million so far. Um, and that was back in 2009, which is interesting. I kind of get the sense, I don't know, that, that, that this is not a growing company necessarily. I, I feel like mm. it kind of st stabilized and stagnated in some degree. Interesting things along the way. <laughs> he said he ditched his academic partners because... Uh, investors hate academics as investor as other investors are like, no, this is never going to be profitable if you have academics investing in it. <laughs> and I think, but he did say that he did get magical publicity. You know, there was sort of like the concept of it was so sticky for lack of a you know, non-pun type of a word that, you know, he, he actually, he actually had Good Morning America. I think it was call him and they wanted to do his launch on Good Morning America on January 1st in, in one, in a year, you know, that they were going to launch it and he didn't have the software together in time. So he couldn't take advantage of it, oh, but he was getting, no. you know, that kind of, um, wow. that kind of press around this kind of thing. And that's what the, that is part of what the Yale University professors were good for was credibility. You know, so they had people not spending for the company, I don't think, but they would put up to $250 on the line, right? Using their app 
for those who don't know, stick K is like you put, you put some money down and if you don't achieve your goal, it gets taken to some charity that you hate or something. But yeah, so, so we could potentially use some of these ingredients to get started, you know, finding like a, a catchy hack that's, that's uh, shareable and memeable and, you know, could, could get into the publicity market, maybe partnering with, you know, psychologists or academics, behavioral specialists um, for that name recognition, but also, you know, maybe some scientific understanding of how these things work. Um, I mean, if it were me, I'll, I'll say what my first step is, maybe other people would share, maybe I would, I'd go to first, who are the behavioral specialists in goal setting? And I would go to partner with them, just like the, the Stick K folks did. I probably plan to ditch them after a year or two, just like they did as well. But, you know, just to get, I'm just kidding, <laughs> to get the science behind it and then the added benefits involved. I, I think the you hit the nail on the head, which is that it absolutely has to actually work. And I think there's that's where the credibility of expert-led design comes into it. That it that it it has to work because it has to take people through the process of achieving that goal. It has to generate the dopamine and help people to feel good about themselves and help people to feel like they're making some progress towards those goals. One aha that I'm having as we're describing this is to counterbalance what you just shared there. It does not have to work for everyone. People have very different motivations, very different life situations, different tools would work for different people. Something, someone who, uh, for whom stick really appeals might not be as motivated by a positive reinforcement type of, uh, approach or, uh, one that allows you to clearly call out the next steps, et cetera. And that's completely okay. It's still a massive market, right? And you're not trying to solve goal. You don't need to solve goal setting for those 92% of people who can't do it. If you can even get 10% of them or 15% of them, that is absolutely worth it. Huge benefit to society and can make for a big business. I think the goals have to matter. And I, and I know that sounds really basic, but there are different types of goals. And so do you tackle goals that people have around addressing habits that have maybe deeply baked into their psychology, even possibly from childhood or because of trauma or because of upbringing, what would that be to drink less uh, alcohol or to exercise more or quit smoking? Do you go after those goals, which are lifestyle potentially very ingrained into people, potentially removing pleasure from people's lives? Or do you focus on aspirational goals my market is the entrepreneur market and so i understand that really well that as an entrepreneur i want to be able to set a goal say for growth of my business this year and break that down and you know make positive small steps every day towards that goal and that's probably more the goal i have in mind when i think about this um this app versus the sort of tackling the habitual goals I had this kind of funny idea, which is a totally terrible idea, but basically uh, allowing people to kind of celebrate the terrible habits that they 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 can just like set a great goal. I'm going to take five shots today. I'll, I'll take a shot every time he says tomato, like whatever. Like, oh, I did it. I did it. It's, it's an accomplishment. You know, I just have some fun with people making fun of themselves. Uh, but, but. You know, seriously, I think that um, one thing that, I, as you mentioned in, in some of some of the stuff you sent to us before we started, is uh, you know the corporate market, and that's really interesting as well. 
in, in, in my, in listening to the story of the stick K and continue to use this example, it seemed like at the time of the episode I was listening to, he was, you know, how can we get into corporations? How can we do that? And there's some benefits there. Number one, because there's sometimes more money flowing. And number two, there's more structure already. So you don't have to provide as much external structure because there's probably some structural things in place. Uh, number three, like the goals can just be, you know, they're just not, not so monumental for people. Like people have their monumental goals of losing, you know, a hundred pounds or something like that, but it could just be, you know, I'm going to get this report done by, you know, Tuesday or something like that. Um, so it could be an interesting place to get, even just go ahead and get started there and then let it spread out to, um, the wider market for publicity purposes or something like that. I want to share another example of a, a recent app that I've heard about that has become growing, uh, that's been growing in popularity. It's called Spar. And I know it's on iPhone. I'm not sure if you can get it on Android, but it's um, the tagline Spar is the challenge app. Doing stuff is hard. Spar makes staying motivated a piece of cake. It's a really cool approach to uh, habits, more so than goals necessarily, but maybe something that we didn't explicit. It's not something we explicitly called out, but habits are a key aspect of forming a goal. Of course, if you want to lose weight, then you want to have a habit of not eating cake or you want to, you know, you want to make sure that you're exercising regularly, whatever it is. The way that the app works is you um, commit to, let's say daily journaling one time a day for 14 days. And if you miss it um, and the way that you, ensure that you've done it is you have a video check-in. So you actually record yourself, you know, holding up your journal, for example, to, to show that you've done it. And if you miss it, then you have to pay $5 into a pot of uh, everyone who has committed to that activity over the same length of time. At the end of the time, the person who has missed fewest, and if it's a tie, it's, it's uh, you know, the people, that pot gets distributed among all of them. So you have this financial incentive where that, that's very motivating. Spar takes 10% of the pot. That's how they make money. But I know I, I heard about this from Ryan Holiday. He's a huge fan. He's actually on the, the homepage as uh, one of the videos. He's been talking about it a lot in his newsletter. So, it, I mean, this is something that Spar, is, as far as I'm aware, it came out in the last year. This example that you know, this is something that it's an opportunity. It's a market that is ripe for innovation. Yeah. In terms of the psychology of it, by the way, uh, going back to this topic of not discouraging people, I'm liking the idea of, of a potential working title of you're doing it, like you're doing it right. Like not like you didn't do it or, you know, reminding people when they're not doing things. Cause that's one thing that I've noticed not to be the designer of this app again, cause we can talk to, you know, psychologists and experts in this. But one thing I've noticed in my coaching is that what happens is, is people, they get discouraged cause they don't really feel like they're actually on that path especially if they have a setback right along the way. So I think it's useful. It would be useful to have some kind of app where along the way, even if you, even if you don't do it, it's still some way to it allows to, it informs you that you're doing it because you're still looking at the app, right? Like you're still paying attention. You still are focused on this. You are, you know, discouraged that you didn't get it done. And that's part of the process, right? Failures are part of the process. I think that that comes back to that that comes back to that thing of making people feel good about themselves. But, right. you know, that will make the app extremely 
powerful, I think, if it can find a way to frame, as you say, even, you know, maybe missing out on doing it that particular day, showing you the progress that you've made that week or showing you the progress that you've made over the course of the month. In doing it through entirely positive psychology, I think could be a point of difference, could make it really interesting and then could drive that sort of desire to log back in if you're going to feel good about yourself. How do you make money? Is this an app that we think you'd want a subscription fee to? And if so, I think that would be a big barrier because there are so many free apps out there and people underestimate the value of a better system, right? If you just say, well, this one does 50% of what that one does. I'm just going to use this one as opposed to paying 10 bucks a month even. The brilliance of Spar in my mind is people go to that app and everyone overestimates what they're going to be able to do. So they see this, I was like, I'm going to make money on this, right? (laughs) Like there's a pot for 80 bucks to do a one minute plank for 14 days. Like that's, I can do a one minute plank for 14 days. Like pay me out. I'll take 80 bucks for doing one minute planks. Sure. Uh, So there's something brilliant in the way that that's set up. Right. How could we make it motivating for people to give us money? Well, in terms of monetization, I I feel like I, I come back to this idea that it's about chasing the goals that are meaningful or have significant impact for people. So I think you you can charge subscriptions, you can monetize when you when you're helping people to achieve really significant goals. So if it's a sales team achieving a sales goal, I think people will pay for that if it delivers. Uh, as an entrepreneur, you know, if there was something that could glue me onto my goals and keep me focused on those every day and genuinely help me every day do one small thing towards my business growth goals, it's worth money to me. And perhaps, you know, if it was a significant healthcare goal, so if it was targeting someone that's on the edge of diabetes, for example, and driving them away from a sort of more serious healthcare outcome, then maybe there's significant value in that. So I feel like how you monetize it is, in my view, to to monetize it, you move away from things like, can you do 10 press-ups every day for a week? And you move it towards significant goals. So I think it could be cool to start with uh, with sales teams. I think that's not a bad place to start. And it, it kind of gets us away from this sort of mass market appeal that we might've thought would be appealing at first. And you could even aim for sales teams that tend to have certain revenue goals, right? Like I'm going to work on providing this app for sales teams that have revenue goals above $50,000 a month or something, right? And then that way, if I charge some money for this app, they'll have the budget to pay for it, right? And if they make money from the whole process, then it's a no-brainer. They made some money and so they can they can put it back into something like this. Interesting place to start. I want to share a couple of stories, one new, one old, about ways that people have hacked together their own systems for achieving what they're looking for. One is, uh, it's made the rounds, blogger Manish Sethi. He is the brother of Ramit Sethi. He paid a woman $8 per hour to slap him in the face every time he got off task. He got a ton of coverage for this. And actually, he turned it... You think that there may not be a business idea in that? He turned that into a wearable. Uh, that wearable was on Shark Tank. It was uh, Pavlov. He got eviscerated by Mark Cuban on that show. Yeah, I remember. 
it did not go well, but uh, I think that he's still, you know, still around, still running Pavlock. Yeah, I didn't realize. I'm sure this joke has already been made, but I didn't. I didn't uh, realize you could get such an affordable rate for having a woman slap you around. <laughs> There's a still shot here from uh, mid-slap. He's bracing for it on the New York Daily News. So she looks like she is taking great pleasure in slapping him in the face. I think that that's part of the compensation. The other one that comes to mind for me whenever you're talking about habit change is uh, Odysseus. If you've ever read uh, Homer's Odyssey, probably the most famous part of the story there is as they're crossing the sea and they're nearing these uh, sirens who are incredibly compelling and everyone just crashes their boats into the sirens if you get near them and you hear the song, right? For those that are not familiar, a siren is sort of like a, it's kind of some, some sort of a being that sings this song that's irresistible. And then if you go to them, you, you're yeah, in peril. Yeah. So what he did is uh, he wanted to hear the song, but he didn't want to crash his ship, of course. So he had his men tie him to the mast of the ship and they put earwax in their ears. So he could not move the ship closer to the sirens to, uh, to crash. And really that's the old version of a uh, pre-commitment device, which is a key aspect of any sort of habit formation of a lot of habit formation type apps. And I mean, that's what stick and spar are doing. They have in common is they say that you say you're going to do something. People have these concepts of, yeah, oh yeah, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And if you can pay that, collect the money when people are in that state, then you have a much higher success of, in my opinion, of collecting the money when people are actually going about their daily lives and, and, uh, and having to report out on that. So moving the, this is one of those cases where if you can, maybe a yearly subscription makes more sense than a monthly one and you really try and hammer it in December. There's a weight loss app called Noom that does exactly that. So it's all about an annual subscription paid up front for the next 12 months. They Their revenue, I think, 2019-2020 was $237 million. So big success story and really interesting to see how they really put that accountability at the heart of what they're doing. Let's go back to some action steps and some things that we, we talked about already. I'm just going to go continue along this line of like sales teams. Maybe they have $50,000 a month revenue goals. And maybe you can, you can easily charge $50 a month for an app for a sales team that has a $50,000 revenue goal. It's really a small portion of what you're helping with. Start by just going into a company that has that kind of a goal and start working with the sales team and just start talking to the individuals about, you know, what are your goals and notice when things are working and when they aren't and, you know, what kind of things do they have in place? Spreadsheets, you know, CRM softwares, whatever type of things that they're already using. And then maybe after spending you know, a week, a month or two with them documenting how they do things and noticing when things work and when things don't, then you start to incorporate things in an app. Then you start to give them the app and they start to test it and give you feedback and you, and you iterate from there. You know, about a sixth month, maybe you have four more clients that are similar on board testing the app. And I could see that within a year, you probably, you could have something pretty, pretty cool that would maybe even integrate with some existing CRMs or, or lead management softwares. I think the great thing about doing the way you suggest is you build your case studies while you develop the product. 
you end up right from the start with those invaluable case studies showing where the performance increases happened in in real life examples and i think sometimes when you're launching something new those are the, the hardest things to to get because you you kind of have to break the door down and persuade people but to develop it in partnership with the sales team uh, i can see that being a, a really appealing thing for the sales team as well i think that's a good place to wrap for us here to the listener who is in love with this idea you're all about habits and goals let us know what you think. What are we right on? What are we wrong on? Email us at update at runwithit.fm. We'd also really appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts that's super helpful in getting more people to find out about us and, uh, and subscribe to us. Barnaby, where can people go to learn more about you and what you're working on? So my business is called uh, Time Etc. And, and that's at timeetc.com. And that's a virtual assistant service that connects entrepreneurs with executive assistants on subscription so without all the hassle of hiring people um, and then uh, there's uh, hardworkmyth.com which is the website for my book um, and you can grab a copy of the book in pdf form on there for next to nothing and by the way we didn't mention this during the episode but i've been using time etc for a year or two already, and I've been having good results. I feel like it's uh, it's the the price point is a little bit higher than your sort of traditional VA in the Philippines or something like that. But it's it, that's what I found is it was a lot more worth it to pay for somebody that's going to do a better job, have a higher level of commitment. So thank you very much for for creating this option. Great, Barnaby. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Looking forward to catching up again later on. Podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.